0: Does the tap thing stop fizzy that you do?
1: I don't know what it does. It's just, it's literally just a habit. P- I know other people do it, but it's literally, for me,
0: it's just a habit. I'm scared it's going to fizz because everything that... I
1: think it's supposed to stop um, it from going over, but... It, yeah. I mean, I tap it every time I have
0: beers overflows yeah. sometimes.
1: I just like it. Oh!
0: <laughs> yeah, baby. <sighs> <laughs> what beer are you drinking today? I'm drinking <laughs> probiotic ginger ale. <laughs> oh. I'm not drinking a beer. I've had too much beer I've this week. I've had too much beer this week, but here I am. I haven't had that many. I've had like four beers total, probably, but
1: I can smell that from here. I this? am drinking ying ling
0: ying a Shout out uh, to the yinzers.
1: Of which I am one.
0: Mm, ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk
1: about Greta Gerwig Mm -hmm. and or the women of Barbie getting snubbed from the Oscars. It was the Oscars, right? I believe so. The Oscar nominations. Yeah.
0: Well, I loved uh, Ryan Gosling's face. I think they got snubbed from something else, but he won like Best Song or something.
1: Yeah. I don't remember which award show that was.
0: Golden Globes, maybe. And his face was just like, that should not have in me. <laughs> Purely on, like, principle. Yeah. <laughs> when there was, like, so many other good songs. Wow. He also had, like, a public statement about... Yeah.
1: Because he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. But also, um, America Ferreira. Yes. Si se puede. <laughs> Man, I love her. <laughs> I loved her in the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. She also was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. But Margot Robbie... I mean, they got a ton of nominations, but Margot Robbie was not nominated for Best Lead. Mm -hmm. And Greta Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts? That that is bad. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a lot of like good, great things in the nominations for a lot of other people. I know there's a few of them were like significant as far as like women of color, like getting nominated. Yeah. But it is strange as far as like the lead specifically yeah. and the director specifically, that it's like they were what made that movie. Yeah. They weren't the only people that made that movie successful, obviously, yeah. but it's like of all the ones to not get nominations. Yeah. And to get so many nominations for like, I think, like, best picture and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, which they were both... So Margot Robbie was a producer Yeah, and had a huge role in, like, the creative direction of the Mm -hmm. film. So I feel like a lot of the, like, nominations for the film as a whole did represent her. I feel like the Margot Robbie not being nominated bothers me less. I feel like the narrative that it was like Ken got nominated and yeah. Barbie didn't is annoying and valid. Yeah. But I will say the Best Actress nominations mm-hmm. is probably one of the most diverse yes. nomination categories we've seen from them as far as yes. like Best Actress Which in a Long awesome. Time. So while it is like kind of disappointing from the perspective of like mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling getting nominated... I feel like there were so many incredible female leads yeah. in film this year. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy with the people who were nominated. So yeah. it, it kind of, to me, was like, maybe there just weren't as many impressive mm-hmm. men in films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Ryan Gosling. He was amazing in the Barbie yeah, movie. But like, that, to me, was kind of like, there were so many incredible people to mm-hmm. choose from. There were so many incredible women as leads in films. There was so much more diversity in the category. So I liked that.
0: Mm -hmm. Greta Gerwig. That is the particular.
1: Make it make sense. Yeah. That. Yeah. That one bothered me more. Yeah. Which I will say, I do think like the Barbie movie didn't resonate with all women as equally. I think it definitely resonated with white women Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Yeah. At least from what I have, like, read of Criticism Online. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was still, like, a very important film in, like, mm-hmm. feminist the feminist canon. And I also think she was snubbed for Lady Bird. Yeah. So it just feels like a pattern for her to have, like... I think because her f- movies are so, like, pop- popularly received, but they're yeah. also, like, really great messages. Mm-hmm. And are what I would consider to be, like important beautiful films not yeah like, they're not like a rom-com not that there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with a rom-com but like it's a different energy yeah i, I it's confusing mm-hmm. what does a woman have to do to get nominated right. you know like yeah who yeah. else was nominated we need to look those best director oscar nominations nominees 2024 let's see so it's justine triette anatomy of a fall and the rest are men Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Yorgos, Lanthimos, Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. Uh, Also, all all of them are white, which so is Freda Gerwig, but like to have four white men, which uh, like I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. Me neither. I don't know. You know, I haven't even heard of the zone of interest.
0: Yeah, I mean, neither. I was just looking up the, it's like the Google snippet at the top. I'm scrolling like through some Like, that one of bothers them. me. I just feel yeah. like she should have been
1: nominated in that category. Yeah. I also think part of it is, like, the men I have talked to about the Barbie movie. Like, we all, all of our girlfriends went and saw the Barbie movie together. We mm-hmm. were weeping. Yeah, I saw them. In the theater, like... I have seen that movie three times. Mm -hmm. I've cried every single time I've seen it. I've cried. Yeah. I feel like it's a perfect example of like what makes a film high art? Mm
0: -hmm. What makes
1: it meaningful? What makes it, what makes something a beautiful film or like a Mm -hmm. kitschy film? You know what I mean? Like what makes it Oscar worthy? Yeah. Where it's like, this is a timeless movie that is Mm -hmm. worth being recognized. And I feel like men tend to think that Barbie was cute. Yeah. Or they'll say, well, I got the feminist message, but I just didn't think it was that great. Yeah. And it's like- that like last, when it gets to the last montage where she's like asking to be human mm-hmm. and then it goes through all of this oh, footage of I all the mothers and daughters from it. the movie, like I cry during that mm-hmm. part every single time. It's because it's like this very like genuine reflection of, of reality as a woman, like reflected back to you. And mm-hmm. it is much deeper than just a toy and yeah. just boobies as Joe Coy would say, and, like, or excuse me, Joe ease. Coy's writers. <laughs> yeah. And so I think for it to be snubbed is just like shows that there aren't enough women in those voting bodies. Yes. I yeah. Because th- mm-hmm. it was deep mm-hmm. to women. <laughs> yeah, And just because it wasn't to men doesn't make it less valid. Yeah. So I think like while I loved Margot Robbie in it, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like her being s- I didn't necessarily feel like her not being nominated was a snub because right. of the other women nominated where yes. like Greta Gerwig, I felt like it was a snub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, she got all these like, pr- you know, like there are all these other nominations for the movie. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, you never tell men like just be happy with with what you have. Or right. no like, limit to the success you should have, mm-hmm. you know. So anyways. Yeah. That was my thought on it. Yeah but i did like the other women who were i'm really happy america Ferreira got a nomination i love her and she, she was did incredible so good in it. yeah like without her yeah. i even think with someone else like in that role i yeah. think it wouldn't have been as good i just love her no.
0: yeah she was perfect for it
1: yeah and it was my favorite thing she's been in mhm and i loved that her the guy who plays her husband in the movie is her actual husband yeah <laughs> And he's like trying to learn Spanish. It was so, it was just I mean, so funny. That so sweet. That it was like her actual husband just is the sitting subtle the Subtle back little car.
0: Duolingo. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that was really funny. I don't often get like sucked into the Oscar drama. Cause yeah, for the most part, it's just kind of like bullshit. But this I've one usually kind of never
0: seen the films. Yeah. Cause I don't like. I'm not a huge yeah. movie buff. I love movies, but I don't see many.
1: I don't go to the theaters very often.
0: No, and I don't watch movies by myself. Mm -hmm. And so...
1: I just fall asleep. Most of the time. (laughs) I'm a sleeper. I fall asleep during movies. If it's, like, after 2 p.m., I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You know? I don't
0: fall asleep. I just, like... That's why I knit. I think I like the social side of like watching a movie with somebody. Yeah. We are both uh, talkers during movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I watch movies with people who aren't talkers, it's like, yeah. what are you even doing this for? I have a limit to the talking. Like if I can't hear the dialogue and it's not yeah, a I don't movie want to miss seen before, the movie. then I can really start getting frustrated. Yeah. And I'm the more like, I, I don't, I'm not a question person. Not at least where I'm oh, expecting that's an answer. the exception. Yeah. Like you don't like people asking questions? No. Yeah. Especially when I'm like, I haven't seen it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. When you're watching something together and someone's asking you about like the plot and it's like, yeah. why would you think I would know that? Yeah.
0: Unless it's something where it's like, I clearly missed something. Yeah.
1: That's if I'm watching it with someone who's seen it before. Yes. And then I'm like, wait, what? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will like pause the movie and be like, did I miss something? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And
0: I'll like exclaim that's I'm not expecting an answer, but yeah. like, did he really just do that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> or when we watch Harry Potter, like the point of it is to quote,
0: yeah, the whole thing, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll like, <laughs> yeah. So not me, not Hermione, yo. Yeah. Wow. wow, we got off track there. Well, we were talking about movies, so I guess it's not that. That's off actually track. pretty on track for mm-hmm. us. Hi, I'm Maggie, and I'm Sarah, and this is Mad, Mad Woman in, in the Attic. attic.
1: Ho, 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 ho. Let's go, go, girls. girls. We are both gym-going girls. Yeah. I saw a video yesterday. I actually reposted it to my story because I thought it was so funny. But it was this girl saying, like, I've been going to the gym for three days. And no, I because I'm usually scared to go. And no one told me that it has the exact vibe of, like, if you go to a bathroom in a club and all the girls are a little drunk and they're like, you're so beautiful. No, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and then the end of the video is about, like, boys at the gym uh-huh. and how they're like, hey, man, I don't know if I can lift this heavy weight. Can you protect me <laughs> and then they're like oh man I didn't get this weight this time and then the other the one's like the romance
0: is strong
1: I'm proud of you buddy you'll get it next time yeah. you're so strong Where yeah. she talked about like gym covers like how guys wear like shirts mm-hmm. and then they'll take them off when they have their pump and then yeah. it's like you can't look at my muscles yet they're not ready and then, and then they'll do a couple exercises and then they'll be like now, now, now you can look at my muscles <laughs> Do you like them? <laughs> yeah, man. You look so amazing. Yeah. You're so big and strong.
0: I will say, uh, there is like, me? I feel like no other place where I see het men being so openly and vocally supportive of each other.
1: I stand by, and I always will. Okay, back, before I say this, <laughs> background on, so I had a phase Where I was, I like got certified as a personal trainer. I was deep into weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I was working out like one and a half to two hours a day. Mm -hmm. I was like counting macros for any other people who have done that. You know, like I was like hardcore Mm -hmm. into exercise. And to be honest, it was just because I like, I hated my job, hated my relationship, didn't have a lot of friends. I was just absolutely miserable and needed Mm -hmm. something to like turned my attention to, so yeah. it was really good for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I've kind of like, I still work out, but I've kind of like grown out of the intensity of it. Right but the one thing that, that I took away several things from that one is like I know how to work out the other is that I don't have gym fear like I feel like a lot of people get very anxious in the gym mm-hmm. especially we bo- we go to the same gym for anyone mm-hmm. locally we go to Vasa fitness mm-hmm. it's like a huge gym it's packed all the time good mm-hmm. luck getting any any machine you want to get yeah Like, if you have gym anxiety, this is a gym that's, like, going to make you feel really nervous. Also, everyone is hot. It's the horniest place I've ever been in in my entire Mm -hmm. life. Hornier than Trader Joe's. It is hornier than Trader (laughs) Joe's, which, like, is saying something. (laughs) Yeah, everyone looks like literally an Instagram fitness model. It's an intimidating place to work out. But, like, I have this very delusional internal narrative when I walk into a gym where I'm, like, this this is what I – this was – the statement I was getting to. I think gyms are literally the gayest place you can <laughs> ever be. It's the gayest space on earth. Like to just look around and see the beefiest six plus foot men, huge guys, just loving and supporting each other, and, and like <laughs> like checking out each other's butts and looking at themselves in the mirror, and like you can just blatantly like flex your muscles in the mm-hmm. mirror, and everyone's like, "Aww." Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Like, it's how I feel about football. It's so cute. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, just the tightness of the pants alone is, like... Guys, this is so gay. <laughs> it is so gay in here. Like, it, it, and so when I walk into a gym, I don't, I don't ever feel embarrassed. I don't ever feel intimidated. I don't feel subconscious conscious in the least at a gym, and it's because I have this like very delusional mindset about it. Mm-hmm. It makes it so fun. Yeah. Like, have you ever just like looked around? It's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I I have gym anxiety more just because I hate having to search for equipment and walk around like. Yeah. everything. But I do think it is like a room full of NPCs. There's this one guy. Yes. There's a few that just spawn. Like, I never see them walk in or out. I never <laughs> see them walking from one piece of equipment to the other. They, they just there. spawn next they to different equipment. They emerge out of the pool. And there's <laughs> one that, like, he, he has headphones on. He's a really big guy. And he's always listening to music. I think I've told you about him before. And I always know he's around just because I hear, Yeah. Yeah, at the lowest octave possible, and I just whip my head around. I was like, "He's around." I've never heard him really talk. Yeah, I
1: just hear. yeah, no. and it's to his music, which is to even his music because
0: there's Yo. always guys who like Yo.
1: Yo. grunt, uh-huh. which is also so cute. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so cute. Yeah. Watching people overexert themselves is just the cutest thing on earth. Watching little angry men on steroids—it's so. Cute. <laughs> I can't, I can't, like, I can't unthink of it. That yeah, way. yeah. There's so many. Like especially if you go at the same time every day, mm-hmm. you always see the same people. No one can convince me it's not the cutest thing on earth. Also, I will say if you have gym anxiety, like Maggie has a great way of coping with that because she goes to a trainer. Yeah. And I think that's such a great strategy. If yes. you do get a little nervous about equipment, like working with a trainer gives you like a built-in buddy who like really yeah. knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then it takes the pressure off of you. Like if the if it is a really busy day where mm-hmm. all the equipment is taking. There's a cage taken, in the middle
0: where you always have stuff. Well, there's that. And also the trainer can pivot. Yes, the trainer can pivot um, and they can tell people or ask people, hey, are you, how many more sets do you yeah. have instead of to, so I don't have to look. Obviously that's a privilege because training can be very expensive, but it is like like a a nice way to ensure it's like, okay, I know I get at least two workouts a week. Yeah. And so then if I go on a different day where I'm not getting training and there's like nothing available and I'm stressed, I'm like, okay, I'll just get on a treadmill. Yeah. And I know I've done like some, my, my strength training. Yeah. I feel like other suggestions for gym
1: anxiety, if your gym has classes, I think that's a really good way mm-hmm. to just, like, get used to the environment. To mm-hmm. so go in, go to a class, like, introduce yourself to a couple people, I think is a really good way to, like, just get comfortable in the space. Go in with a plan. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many free workout programs online, mm-hmm. like, bodybuilding.com is just, like, old. Yeah. Old school, like, you know, mm-hmm. proven Nothing fancy. nothing fancy. No backwards hack
0: squats. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> nothing fancy and just go in with a plan. Like I, I would usually, when I was like first getting, I still do this sometimes, but like when I was first starting to work out, I would have like it in a note and I would just like write down like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would write it down like if I was warming up on like a cardio machine mm-hmm. so that you kind of like, you're not like overwhelmed by everything that's in there and mm-hmm. go with a friend. Yeah. Or like try to make a friend who knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of like there is kind of like some unspoken rules at the gym and like going Mm -hmm. with someone who kind of knows what's up can Mm -hmm. help. But I think it's so fun. And I that when I saw that video about like the girls being like, you're so pretty. No, you're so pretty. I literally that morning I had I have a shirt. But says pussy power on it and has a cat face on it with lightning coming out of its eyes. And I was wearing that at the gym and I walked by this girl and she, I like saw her see my shirt and smile. And I kind of internally was like, My girl. And then she came up to me later and was like, I love your shirt. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, thank you. You know, but like the girls are so nice. Yeah. Like I I, I just think it's like. There's
0: There's the hip thrust girl at Vasa. And she's there a lot when I train or used to be. My training is different times now. But she puts literally like four or five forty fives yeah. on the bar to hip thrust. Four or five on each of, side. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Booty of steel. Muscle. On and me. we. She was there when I was there a lot, and I n- don't know her, but since we crossed paths a lot, yeah. she started being like, "Hey, boo!" Every yeah. time she saw me, and she's like, in my mind, like a gym celebrity, and I yeah. was like, <laughs> "Me." You're saying hi to me? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, like, I think it's, like, more fun the
1: more people you, like, kind of just, you don't have to, like, make conversation with everyone, but Mm -hmm. just be like, oh, hey, like, you see the same people, who cares? I also, one thing to, like, mentally keep in your mind when you're at the gym, nobody is paying attention to you.
0: No, everybody's paying attention to
1: themselves. Nobody cares what you're doing. Yeah. Now, we have some freaks at our gym. (laughs) For example, there's people like okay, if you're shadow boxing at the gym, I am paying attention. Yeah, and I'm judging you. That doesn't mean you should never shadow box, but no. like yeah, I'm I think it's silly. Okay? Yeah, there's another guy who does like um like kick flip, like he jumps into the air and flips around and. There's, like, a guy who dances Yeah. And there's, like, you know, like, there's, like, people who do, like, kind of, like, atypical yes. behaviors at the gym. Yeah. That are going to sure. get attention
0: no matter what. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm looking at you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm on the stationary bike. You're in my line of sight.
0: What else am I going to do? Or the man who, like, screams beyond the allowable ah! level of screaming. It's, like, ah! there's a volume where I get it. It's, like, huh. Yeah. Like, I do that sometimes, too, because mine's, like, huh. Yeah. And <laughs> but then there's the one that's like a full on shout. Yeah. Like I, you don't know you do not need to do that. <laughs> yeah, like there's
1: certain people it's like, okay, I'm looking at you, but you know well, I feel like that's the that's the hard thing is
0: do you know if you're that person? I feel like most of those people want to be the care. person that people are looking at.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're just working out, minding your own business, like you no just one blend cares. in. No one cares. Also, you don't have to wear a thong, girls. You know. <laughs> but you can if you want to. You can if you want. But if you're like me and a thong at the gym, here's what the saying. Here's my some. Uh, this is from my Bible that I wrote myself.
0: <laughs> I would rather have an under underwear line than a trapped asshole. You know. Mm-hmm. And and I know okay. some people who just don't wear underwear at all, which I personally can't do because I rewear my leggings. I don't like the, you know, the free flow. Yeah, I
1: like. I just have my seamless undies. Listen, there's a healthy amount of liquid. It comes out of a vagina in the day. Yeah, which is... Okay, no one asked you, Luna. Yeah, stop it. And that is healthy. Yeah. And it's not like it goes through my pants, but it's more comfortable in underwear. Also, like sweat, you get
0: sweaty. Yeah, well, and I just I feel like I it, mean, it's too wet down there. I really don't want to have to wash... I like wear my leggings twice before I wash them, probably. And yeah, if I, I didn't wear underwear, I, I wouldn't be able to do
1: that. No. I also like when you're on benches and I want another layer
0: yeah, because sometimes even I literally oh, my I'm old everywhere. trainer, which is my current trainer's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, um, my old trainer. I I sat. I got off a seat, and it was just like you know wet, damp, and you could tell where that dampness came from. Your hoo ha. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I I like having like it an doesn't extra happen very often
0: to me, but between
1: my vagina and a seat that eighty people sit on, <laughs> sweaty butts. Yeah. Can you stop? Okay, let's get into it. Where- I'm very excited about this
0: one today. Yeah, me too. I also, love- I love learning about Chernobyl. I was yeah. about to say I love Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we mean, <laughs> audience. <laughs> we don't I love, love Chernobyl. About we love learning about it. Yes. It's fascinating. Yeah.
1: And I will be knitting today yeah. because it did help me last time, mm-hmm. even though one of our friends who and listeners who won't yeah. be named, but yeah. you know who you are, texted me to tell me it didn't work because apparently I still sounded unfocused, but I was locked in on the
0: vibrator episode. Yeah, you were. I noticed it. Ho, 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 ho. Story time. time. Cracks, I feel like I do the cracks knuckles every single time. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Did you say hot? <laughs> Gotta keep them on their toes, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you never
1: know what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Hey, tomorrow's Groundhog Day. Oh my God, that's from Pennsylvania, just like my beer and just mm-hmm. like me.
0: Shout out to Pennsylvania, sponsor us. <laughs>
1: you Think it's gonna be a long winter?
0: I really, I'm really fucking short hope winter not this year. Yeah, yeah, I really hope spring is is punxsutawney feel. Yeah. Okay. Beneath the seemingly tranquil veneer of the late Soviet era, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant harbored the seeds of a disaster that would shake the world. (laughs) Kind of literally. In the twilight hours before dawn on April 26, 1986, what was intended as a routine safety test in Reactor 4 spiraled into catastrophe. A series of operational errors compounded by fatal design flaws led to a massive explosion tearing open the reactor and igniting a fire that would spew a cloud of radioactive particles into the night sky and ultimately lead to the permanent displacement of 116,000 people. But of those 116,000, about 1,200 of them, most of them women, refused to stay away. This is the story of the babushkas of Chernobyl. Love. Love. So as the flames licked the sky in late April nineteen eighty-six, the radiation quite literally poured across a sixteen hundred square mile exclusion, ja- exclusion zone. Exclusion zone. Exclusion <laughs> zone.
1: The disaster response. I, that was the first time I was like, what is that word? Exclusion to zone. Say? Ex- oh, exclusion. Exclusion zone. I see. <laughs> now let's quote the entire grid. <laughs>
0: I would. Don't tempt me with a good time. I know know you can. The disaster response was shrouded in the opacity. I'm going to be fine today. (laughs) The
1: disaster. You need to do your warm up. (laughs) I don't know if that was it. (laughs) Ma! Ma!
0: I don't remember what my warm-up is.
1: You're like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Ma!
0: Ma! The disaster response was shrouded in the opacity characteristic of the Soviet regime. The magnitude of the disaster was downplayed. And the local population of Pripyat, I'm hoping I pronounced that right, the closest town to the plant remained remained largely unaware of the impending peril. Mm -hmm. The initial silence from the authorities belied the gravity of the situation, and the critical window for immediate evacuation slipped away with the passing hours as people continued their daily routines. At least one resident was sunning on her rooftop, giddy when she discovered how quickly she developed a tan in just an hour or two. (gasps) So that actually is from a a book that I'll, I I think I wrote down the name later, but that's like a detail that I remember from a book I read a few years ago that she literally got such a good tan. That's crazy. From like one hour and it, it was radiation falling on her, obviously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you read um, Voices from Chernobyl? No, not
0: yet. (laughs) That's good. Okay. Add it to my list. It wasn't until the afternoon of April 27th, more than a day after the explosion, that the order to evacuate Pripyat was finally given. The announcement, when it came, was terse and unsettlingly calm, advising residents to take only what was necessary for a temporary absence under the guise that they would return within a few days, a fleet of buses descended on the town, and within a few hours, Pripyat was drained of its 49,000 inhabitants, leaving behind a ghost town, other than the hundreds of pets they had been required to leave behind. Mm-hmm. The evacuation zone soon expanded, encompassing an area within a 30-kilometer radius of the power plant. This enlargement uprooted another 115,000 people from their homes in 1986 alone, so I feel like there was continued evacuation over a... Kind of a long period of time as they realized the the breadth of the disaster. Yeah, I have read that. Or no, I didn't
1: read it. I follow a woman on Instagram. I wish I could remember her name, but I'm not going to. And she does a lot of like um, advocacy for the disabled because she is disabled, mm-hmm. and she was born in a window of time in England mm-hmm. where pollution, like radioactive pollution from yeah. Chernobyl, caused a lot of like otherwise inexplicable birth defects yeah and she feels like she was maybe one of those of that wow in england
0: yeah yeah and there's I mean,
1: records of like years in yes england.
0: it's kind of like those super volcanoes you hear about where it's like if this erupts you'd literally like throw the world um, into a don't get like me a, started, a global night volcanoes, you know that's a passion of mine <sighs> yeah have you watched that one? Oh yeah so yeah okay i thought i recommended that to you maybe i don't know i thought my family did weird well yes i've seen it yeah and the one on the coast of what, Italy or France yeah. or something? It's right and by people are literally living in it. It's right by where um Or uh, next uh, to it.
1: Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. It's right. It's like a neighbor Mount Vesuvius and mm-hmm. everyone always talks about how what if Mount Vesuvius uh, erupts again and it's right. like you realize this entire coastline is yes. literally the and rim that of one, a And That
0: right one now. is like it makes like a cove. Mm-hmm. and I, and i know the you know shoreline. this i'm explaining to the audience but like it's like the edge of a cove the shoreline and so people started finding out like there was these ruins under the water yeah. that would rise up above uh, above the water and down under and they're like why is the seafloor moving turns yeah. out it is literally volcanic activity yeah. pressure making this ground rise up and down And these people are living on the lip of the volcano. It'd be
1: like a global night. It would cause like, there would be not enough food. Yeah. So many, not everyone, but like a lot of people would die because there wouldn't be enough food to feed everyone. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I love super volcanoes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm obsessed with them. Yeah. I love that people are just like, it reminds me a lot of like the book White Noise, where it's like people mm-hmm. are just like, teehee, what?
0: Yeah. We're just not going to think about that. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. isn't the human mind hilarious? That we can just block out impending doom? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm not very good at it, yeah. but most of the time, when it's something like that, it's like, well, what What can what you, you do? Gonna do? What's
1: worrying going to do yeah. about it? Yeah. We could come up with farming practices that you can do... Right. ...in the dark, Mm -hmm. but... Potatoes. Instead, we are building a space hotel. Right.
0: (laughs) Because... Obviously, Yeah. There was some book I read. I don't remember what it was, but it was like a perpetual night in the book. And they just like lived on potatoes because it was like yeah. the only thing that could grow. Yep. And mushrooms and stuff. And vodka was the only alcohol because potatoes. That's funny. Okay. The fact that you would mi- still make vodka because you know right. You
1: would. Yeah. Anyways, back to babushkas. Back to
0: babushkas. The chaos of the evacuation compounded by the lack of information and the fear of invisible radiation. Wow. <laughs> That rhymed a lot. Yeah. Created a breeding ground of fear, uncertainty, and confusion. Already, they were grappling with a sense of loss and displacement, not yet even comprehending the full extent of the disaster that had uprooted them or the long shadow it would cast over their futures. So they were thinking, man, this sucks right now. Bummer. <laughs>
1: yeah, not knowing it was yeah. permanent,
0: basically. Yeah. In the aftermath of the Chernobyl disaster, the radioactive fallout descended upon the land, invisible and insidious. The immediate vicinity of the power plant, including the ill-fated town of Pripyat, bore the brunt of this lethal shower. Plant workers, first responders, and unsuspecting residents found themselves enveloped in a miasma of radioactive particles, the full danger of which was scarcely comprehended at the time. The first to face the dire consequences were the firefighters and plant workers who battled the blaze in the ensuing chaos – Unshielded from the toxic maelstrom, they were subjected to extremely high doses of radiation within minutes, leading to acute radiation sickness, or ARS. The condition manifests through a constellation of symptoms that can range from nausea, vomiting, and fatigue, to more severe effects such as skin burns, hair loss, and a drastic drop in white blood cell count, leaving the body vulnerable to infection. Mm -hmm. Man, and the effect radiation it's gruesome yeah the so the book that i mentioned the woman on the roof and the book that i learned the most details of the effects mm-hmm. and how quickly those first people died i remember they were talking about one guy who as they were fighting they were getting these symptoms like lie in real time, basically. Yeah. There they were like, we know we're gonna die. Like this yeah. would be our deaths, and it was Chernobyl one twenty three forty, which is like the time mm-hmm. by Andrew Leatherbarrow, which that, that book is from. Yeah, and that one's really interesting because it talks about how avoidable it was. Yeah. Like, once certain things happened, it was inevitable. Something was going to go bad. But, like, up to that point, like, there were so many things that were inevitable. That lots of mistakes. Did you
1: see the HBO series? The limited series? I thought that was one of the best depictions of, like, mm-hmm. how many things, how many poor decisions yeah. mm-hmm. led to that. And also, like, how much knowledge they had. Like, it wasn't like they didn't know. Yeah. When they weren't evacuating people immediately, they knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They knew immediately how severe it was. Yes.
0: Yeah. And like a lot of things, like a lot of sources were talking about how they didn't know, but they didn't necessarily know the extent of what radiation could do. They did know the severity of the event. Yeah.
1: I do think there was a little bit of discrepancy though between like the scientists who worked there did know. Yeah. And were advising them. Yeah. And it, I think there was like a difference in mm-hmm. opinion on how to handle it between right. like the military, the government, and the scientists. Right,
0: and it was uh, I feel like I remember there being I don't know if it was Pripyat or if there was another town, but it was a very like idyllic, almost utopian town mm-hmm. that I I think was for the plant workers and their families. And I'm not going to give too much detail on that because I can't quite remember enough to like feel like I'd be accurate. The not spreading misinformation. The to the but... plant was like...
1: Almost, like, was predominantly plant.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm not sure if it it, it was Pripyat or if there was something else. Where they had, like, housing. I don't think it was, like, government
1: housing, but it was...
0: It was, like, almost like like the way military bases work here, in a way.
1: Yeah, where it was just, like, a lot of the people who worked at the plant lived there because it was close.
0: Yeah. For many of these people, the exposure was fatal, with ARS claiming lives within days or weeks. Mm Those who survived the initial onslaught were not left unscathed. The specter of long-term health effects loomed large. Among the broader population, the radioactive iodine released into the atmosphere found its way into the food chain, accumulating particularly in the thyroid glands of those who consumed contaminated produce and dairy products. This is so
1: crazy because like
0: I always think of like like we treat thyroid cancer with radiation. <laughs> right, it is interesting. It's not so like a it- Yeah. It's like the one thing that, not the one thing that creates cancer, lots of things can do that. But like one of the main causes of cancer cancer is also one of the main treatments. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Science. Question mark.
1: That feels like a leeches thing.
0: Right. So, this led to a significant uptick in thyroid cancer cases, especially among children in the years following the disaster. The latency period of radiation-induced cancers meant that the full toll on the public health would unfold over decades, with increased incidences of leukemia, breast cancer, and other malignancies observed in the affected populations. Mm -hmm. My aunt
1: was a first responder at 911 and had a similar she's mm-hmm. in a similar like they've realized now that people who were first responders to 911 had uh, throat and mouth and lung cancers mm-hmm. related to that and she was in this like group that was like kind of studying the numbers of it and she's the last person living i think mm-hmm. in that group yeah and she has cancer yeah so it's all sorts of Woof. which i don't think there was radiation but that was just from like the materials of the building being on fire
0: yeah. yeah. Crazy. We interrupt this programming for our segment, Women Behaving Badly.
1: Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. So Taylor Swift, we all know Taylor Swift is dating Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. I actually saw this live because I went over to our friend's house to watch football on Sunday. And I never watched football. And I saw her rush the field and was like, oh, my God. Yeah, look
0: at her go. It's Taylor. And they
1: were so cute. It was yeah. so cute. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Because they're just both so tall and oh, it was so cute. And her red lip just never yeah, smudges. Yeah, that
0: that was the main thing I saw stuff on the internet, on my corner of the internet was stuff about like, so what is this lipstick that doesn't smudge? <laughs> it never smudges. Also,
1: like her hair was curly and I love when her hair is curly and her bangs mm-hmm. are curly. It's just so precious. Yeah. So it was a precious moment. But I have seen a lot lately about how Trump supporters like are anti-Swift. They're literally calling it a holy war against Taylor Swift.
0: <sighs> guys, guys, guys! You have better things to do.
1: I think they're I think they're nervous. She's going to officially endorse Biden, and there's some like drama about her. She's attending the Super Bowl, or it's thought that she will attend the Super Bowl because she has. She has a show. I can't remember if it's in... It's either like in Australia or Asia. hmm It's like a long ways back to get to the Super Bowl. Like the mm-hmm. night before the Super Bowl, she has a show, a sold out show. Mm-hmm. And it's thought that because the time difference is so significant, she will be able to make it back mm-hmm. in enough
0: time to make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are saying she's going to do and it. And comparing it to High School Musical. I've seen those memes where it's like
1: yes, Troy Europa. Bolton and <laughs> yes. Gabriella. I love that video. <laughs> she Jirai. raises up from the bleachers. <laughs> 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 anyway, the silliest part about all of this first of all I love that none of this is coming from her she's so she has reached a part of her career where she's just so unbothered Yeah, and it's so funny how butt hurt like the NFL the NFL jumped on it because they knew it was a money maker yeah. a lot of NFL fans mm-hmm. like big football fans were mad that she was like getting all this attention at the games and it's like like, I it. guess Travis Kelsey jerseys, like, uh, sold in higher numbers than yeah. they've ever seen from Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. Who wanted to, like, wear his jersey to dress like her. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they pan over to her during all the games. The NFL also, they made their, bi- they changed their bio during one of the games to, like, oh, what was it? I can't remember. Oh, I'd have to look it up. The NFL changed their Twitter bio, or excuse me, their ex-bio. ex <sighs> bio <sighs> To something about Taylor Swift before a Chiefs game, and it was so like funny. Like they were definitely like trying to capitalize on the marketing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Trump supporters are like up in arms about her right mm-hmm. now, and I think it's because of like the impact she has on like profitability for yeah. things that are not even related to her, right? And like how much she can sway decision making, and that she might endorse Trump. And I guess Trump is saying um, she might endorse Trump. Or excuse me, she might endorse Biden. And Trump has been saying that he has way more adoring followers, like way more devoted followers than she does. And I'm like, that is not that
0: true. Is not true. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. Because she has a global following. Right. Yeah, Unless so. you encounter maybe Trump haters among
1: those. <laughs> so she's not behaving badly in the sense that she's doing anything wrong. She's being accused of behaving badly. But she's causing quite a stir. Yeah.
0: yeah. There was also all this stuff when she won, um, when the day her cat episode came out, where she won that, yeah, that and people were freaking cat. out and saying, like stuff about cat women and like how she's like influencing women to like not get married and not have kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, she's in love. (laughs) I don't know if she's ever going to have kids. Like, but like. And she's like often publicly dating people. She's rarely. She's not like anti-relationship. I mean, I don't think any of us who are kind of like childless by choice are like anti-relationship. Even me. I also relationship. I when I saw them like rush the
1: field because she's our age. I think,
0: I think, I think maybe she's like a just year or two a little older, bit older. Mm-hmm.
1: but she's right around our age, like early thirties, and she's clearly at the peak of her career. Yeah, and I don't think that Travis Kelsey is like anywhere near the level of success she has reached, mm-hmm. but he is at the. At his peak. Yes. Like, this is the second year in a row the Chiefs are going to Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. He's been playing really well. He also has a podcast with his brother where, like, he's clearly, like taking advantage of the publicity of his playing so like Mm -hmm. he's peak in his career he's like very optimal performance right now she's peak of her career Mm -hmm. and one thing i love about them together is that like they're very publicly supportive of each other Mm -hmm. in a way that is not like perform it doesn't feel performative yeah they're not like making a bunch of public statements about each other Mm -mm. they're just showing up at each other's things yeah And, like, to see two people who are, like, a little older, Mm -hmm. to be getting into a... Like, they're in their 30s. They're just starting to date each other. And to be, like, both crushing it independently. Yeah. And then in just, like, little ways, like, making space to be supportive of one another. Mm -hmm. I just love to see it. Yeah. And for people who are, like, oh, she's, like, showing girls to, like, be single. Yes, that's exactly the point. Like, she... Think of all the losers she's dated. Yeah. Who are very... On paper, successful men. Right. And maybe some women. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just conjecture. (laughs) (laughs) Is conjecture the right word? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Did I use that word correctly? Anyways, I really like an example, like, because she has so many young female fans and young boy fans too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's so good to have like a pop culture icon that is saying like, even if they don't work out, like Uh that if you, as you get older, you find people who are more compatible. Yeah. As you level up, you find people who are leveled up with Mm -hmm. you. Like, I feel like he's the first person I've seen her date where it's like, he's not just like wealthy. He's not just like previously successful. He's Mm -hmm. not like coasting. He's He's, like like, currently matching her energy. She's like I, the best is you haven't seen what I'm yeah. about to do, and he mm-hmm. seems to have the same energy, and I like them together, yeah, there, you know, yeah, for that reason and and it just kind of feels like a good example of like when you hold out for the good, yeah, the good
0: match. did you watch that video I sent to our girls' chat on Instagram? What was it, it There was this video of a disturbed concert, like the band. And, um, they had a, and I don't know the context. They had a family up on stage and I think the daughter, one of the daughters had on a Taylor Swift shirt and the audience booed, like which one? Okay. A child is up there with a a shirt of someone that she likes and you're an entire stadium is booing her. Yeah. Y'all grow up. If you were a part of that, you're pathetic. Yeah. The main singer, I don't know his name, but was like, hold up. Yeah. He's like, y'all don't boo Taylor Swift. She no. is like, I think he was, he said something is like, she is like, like showing a generation of like young people how to enjoy good live music. Yeah. And you can even hear, I think the person recording it or someone next to the person like with, with the recording that went viral, you can hear it first, they're like, oh yeah, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. like. And then it's, like, even they stop because they're, like, like that commentary stops from that whoever was next to the recorder. But he was, like, telling off, you know, his own crowd that, like, Taylor Swift's an object. I'm not a Swifty. We've talked about this before. I don't really like her music personally. It's not my thing. But objectively, she's a great artist and a great songwriter. Yeah. So, oh. undoubtedly. Yeah. Even just from the perspective of like, she's such a
1: great lyricist. She's a really good, like, for, musically songwriter. Just from the perspective that, like, her young fans are getting exposed to, like, really good writing, both musically mm-hmm. and, like, words. Yeah. I also think, like, hold on. The speed with which you just blinked <laughs> is coming back to me. <laughs> Any moment now, it'll come, that thought will come back. Oh, it reminds me of what we were just talking about with the Barbie movie, where I think when women, it's not that only women like Taylor Swift, tons right. of men love ta- Taylor Swift, tons of young boys love mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Also, there's tons of like non-binary people who love Taylor Swift. It's not yeah. like she's a gendered art form, but I do think like for most of her career, it's been like majority girls mm-hmm. that love her. And I, it's like the Beatles. Yes. Majority girl, young girls yeah. loved the Beatles. Yeah. And then it's, like, now when you look at their body of work and their Mm -hmm. body of writing, it's, like, this critically acclaimed, like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, they were doing something new and they were doing something cool. Yeah. It's so cool. The Beatles are so cool. But when they first came here, they were, like, One Direction. Yeah. You know, so it's, like, I think a lot of times when young girls
0: love things, it's, Mm -hmm. like, automatically taken down a notch as far as like quality. It's less
1: respected yeah. in a way.
0: Like it, it, it's like, oh, well, it can be good,
1: but it's like mm-hmm. pop good. Yeah. Popular good. It's like popular in the sense that it's like low art mm-hmm. or that there's somehow less skill mm-hmm. involved or less artistic quality behind right. it. Or even just less like, like Taylor Swift has music that's coming from a place of like deep pain. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she has this very like this reception from people who don't like her as being very like glossed over and fluffy and like Mm -hmm. only good. And it's just because girls like her. Yeah, It's it's just this idea that girls aren't even capable of those emotions.
0: And I feel like it really, they focus, I think it's like, okay, some of her older stuff is very like, Cutesy. Yeah, sure. You know, like, I think, like, there is some validity in that with a lot of her older work, but then it's like, okay, these people never, like, then look at her current work yeah. when she's an adult versus a teenager. Yeah. Of course that was her and also, writing and stuff as a teenager. The stuff she wrote as a teenager, I still, when you, like, read back through
1: her lyrics, like, I really liked her, like, mm-hmm. first couple of albums when she was still pretty country. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing I loved, because I was a big book nerd. Mm-hmm. Is like all of the Shakespeare references and like, yeah. like "Marry Me, Juliet" is like mm-hmm. all about like the Montagues and the Cap- Capulets. Yeah. It's like a much more in depth, yeah, like mm-hmm. interpretation of like the of Romeo and Juliet as a mm-hmm. whole. It's like an adaptation of that work. Uh-huh. It's not like sh- just writing about herself. Yeah, I also think like a lot of the lyrics in like our song. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and yes, it's catchy, and yes, mm-hmm. it's she writes hits the number of hits she can work into an album is crazy but like it's really good writing mm-hmm. and she has a lot of references that are like I, I think is just really smart and i always really liked about her mm-hmm. even though i wouldn't say like oh I, I like i probably wouldn't know a lot of her like music now mm-hmm. you know i always thought it was like really really good writing that like a lot of her first professional work was getting her song bought by huge co- her songs bought by a huge country artist
0: as a child yeah i wasn't saying that her writing That's in those crazy. albums were bad I was just saying that. No, like, I know. I'm The I was themes saying, within those are like it's, much more young. Useful. Oh, they're super, they definitely are. But it's like,
1: I think it's like people really gloss over how impressive her writing is, mm-hmm. you know? Like anyways, I, I obviously love her. It, it doesn't make sense that I don't listen to her music, but because I have an admiration for her. But I just mm-hmm. think it's cool that like, I think she was like 14 or 15. She wrote like a hit. I don't know who it was because I don't listen to country music, but like a big country singer bought one of her songs and it was like his biggest hit. Yeah, people didn't know until later that she wrote it, and he was like, you know, it's just funny that people like didn't know that a teenage girl wrote that song Mm -hmm. that like a grown man is singing. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, love her, but yeah, the Trumpers are mad at her.
0: Yeah, I do think. if the Trumpers are mad at you, you're doing something right.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I do think, like, right now she's getting to – It's interesting because I feel like there's a lot between her and Beyonce right now where, Mm -hmm. like, they're undeniably the most successful female musicians, both extremely wealthy, Mm -hmm. selling out stadiums all over the world, Mm -hmm. and also just have this, like, iconic – following Mm -hmm. extremely successful i do feel like beyonce is married to a successful man and has kids and like i feel like the criticism taylor swift gets even just about being rich Mm -hmm. is different because she's not married you know Mm. because she's single interesting where like i feel like with beyonce it's more like she's building an empire Mm -hmm. and with taylor swift it's like she's still a girl even though Yeah, she's not. that's
0: a good kind of, like, a way to explain that.
1: Yeah, it's almost like she's a girl who wouldn't even know what to do with that amount of wealth.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I do love Beyonce. Mm.
1: Don't get me started. You know who I'm obs- obsessed with? Hmm. Blue Ivy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh! yeah. Blue Ivy doing backup dancing for mm-hmm. Beyonce. Uh, it, there's, like, little corners of the internet that yeah. just, like, really give you joy. Yeah. Blue Ivy dancing mm-hmm. on, on Beyonce's tour. Yeah. doesn't matter how many times I watch that clip, I'm going to watch the whole thing through when it comes up on my feed. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, the people, like, we just talked about nepotism on another mm-hmm. episode, people who were like, oh, it's nepotism. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Giving black girls a leg up when they have the opportunity is absolutely how nepotism should be used. Yeah. Yes. I want to see Blue Ivy up yeah. there doing something cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that's, I think, something I really, like, uh, Hallie and Chloe. Yeah. Oh, like, love they, them. I saw them at um, one of, at Beyonce's concert. Oh, because they opened for her, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. And that was before they were, like, huge, huge. Yeah. And I think I do appreciate that about Beyonce, the way it's, like, she, like, finds these smaller black oh, artists yeah. to be, like, all right, limelight, here you go. Yeah, and it's under her label, I think, mm-hmm.
1: where she, she took them in on her label, yeah. Now they're huge, man. They're amazing.
0: As like in, as musicians uh, together, individually, and
1: actresses. Now they, you know, my obsession with the Star Spangled Banner performances. theirs is crazy.
0: I did what Star Spangled Banner performances?
1: Excuse me, have we met? I have a weird obsession with the Star Spangled Banner, the song. Yeah, like before sporting events. Oh, okay. How do you not know this? I have like a weird obsession with it. Okay. Sometimes I listen to Whitney Houston's as Whitney my favorite. Lady Gaga's as my second favorite. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I listen to Whitney Houston's <laughs> and cry. I have to t-
0: I was at... This is irrelevant, except for Lady Gaga. Relevant to that. I was in um, Boot Barn with my dad over Christmas break. He was doing last minute shopping. And I don't know what brought it up, but he goes man, I love Lady Gaga. Yeah. I might be in love with Lady Gaga. I was like, never have heard my dad talk about Lady Gaga at all. I was like, what? But it was very endearing. I was was like, I think I texted my sister immediately and I was like, she's like, should we get him a Lady Gaga poster for the studio? (laughs) Good
1: choice, Kevin.
0: Yeah. She's my second favorite. Mm -hmm.
1: The Hallie and Chloe, I think it was the Star Spangled Banner. It might've been. They did a acapella duet. Mm. It was crazy Yeah I'll we'll have to look it up After this I can I can um, My version of Playing guitar at you mm-hmm. Is forcing people To sit down And listen to all Of my favorite Renditions of the Star Spangled Banner oh. The worst yeah, you've is never
0: Done that Fergie Wow
1: Wow <laughs> Shout out to (laughs) Jaina.
0: Anyways. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Beyond the stark increase in cancer rates, the survivors of Chernobyl faced a plethora of other radiation-induced conditions. These range from cardiovascular diseases to cataracts, psychological disorders, and a host of other chronic ailments. The insidious nature of radiation meant that its effects were not always immediate or visible. So even those who had yet to develop symptoms had to live with the fear and uncertainty that one day the the radiation might catch up to them. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Which just would be so stressful.
0: Yes. So, as we mentioned, in the wake of the Chernobyl disaster, a vast swath of land surrounding the crippled nuclear power plant was enveloped in an invisible shroud of radioactivity. This area, known as the Exclusion (laughs) zone. Lucian zone <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, was that was one of the best
0: <laughs> There was no hesitation. I knew as I was getting closer to the phrase, I was like, I'm going to fuck this up. Might as well go for it. Yeah, I loved it. So (laughs) this zone was swiftly cordoned off by Soviet authorities in an effort to contain the spread of radioactive contamination. Spanning a 30 kilometer radius from the epicenter of the disaster, the zone became a no man's land, ostensibly devoid of human life, where the natural world was left to reckon with the aftermath of human error and technological failure.
1: I like No Man's mm-hmm. dot 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 mm-hmm. land. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> wink so. wink nudge nudge.
0: <laughs> the initial ban on entering the exclusion zone was absolute, driven by the urgent need to minimize further exposure to the lingering radioactive particles. The once bustling towns and villages within this boundary, including Pripyat, were abandoned to time. Their streets and buildings standing as mute witnesses to the sudden departure of their inhabitants. Homes were left with meals uneaten, schools with lessons unfinished, and playgrounds in eerie silence, painting a stark picture of life interrupted. So creepy. Yeah. In the immediate aftermath of the disaster, the environment within the zone underwent a dramatic transformation. The initial desolation was palpable, with the landscape scarred by the disaster and the subsequent firefighting and containment efforts. Vegetation wilted under the toxic fallout, and the animal population was decimated, with those that survived showing signs of radiation sickness. However, the exclusion zone, in its abandonment, began to reveal an unexpected resilience. Devoid of human presence, the natural world started to reclaim the land. Overgrown vegetation crept over the concrete and steel, and wildlife, strangely liberated from human interference, began to return to the area.
1: Isn't there like a video game about where that's the setting? Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I can't it's either. supposed to be
0: really cool. Yeah. Should we play it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But this rewilding of the zone, while a testament to nature's adaptability, did not erase the underlying threat of radiation that permeated the soil, the water, and the very air. For those who ventured into the zone, whether for scientific research, security, or illegal scavenging or tourism, I've seen, um, life was fraught with hazards. Protective gear became a necessity, and Geiger counters clicked away, a constant reminder of the invisible danger lurking all around. The zone, with its juxtaposition of natural resurgence and radioactive peril, stood as a surreal monument, Of the worst nuclear disaster in history, releasing over 400 times the amount of radioactive material as the bomb dropped in Hiroshima. Wow. But, against the backdrop of the desolate exclusion zone, a remarkable narrative of defiance and resilience unfolded, embodied by the babushkas of Chernobyl. These elderly women, undeterred by the pervasive threat of radiation and the stark prohibitions imposed by the authorities, made the audacious choice to return to their homes. Their return was not merely an act of rebellion, but a profound expression of their indomitable connection to their land and heritage. The their
1: abominable connection. <laughs> abominable.
0: Indomitable. Here we go again. Here we go again.
1: <laughs>
0: Listen to the episode on Katarina's for Rosa, and you will understand that inside joke. Yeah. The motivations driving these women back to the heart of the contaminated zone were as deep-rooted as the land they yearned for. For them, the exclusion zone was more than a radiation-scarred landscape. It was the cradle of their memories, the resting place of their ancestors, and the keeper of their identity. Their homes and the land they cultivated carried a legacy of generations, a tangible link to the past that they were unwilling to sever. This attachment, intertwined with their fierce independence, fueled their determination to pursue ...preserve their way of life against all odds. The babushkas resurrected their homes from the grip of abandonment, tending to their gardens and livestock, fishing in rivers, reviving the rhythms of a life that the disaster had sought to extinguish. Their presence was a patchwork of traditional practices and makeshift adaptions as they navigated the challenges of living in a land tainted by an invisible menace. Aware of the risks... Like, fully aware. They know. Yeah. The babushkas approached their daily routines with a pragmatic blend of caution and resignation. Radiation, though an ever-present threat, became just another element of their environment to be acknowledged but not feared. Hmm. They cultivated their land, foraged for mushrooms and berries, and maintained their homes with a resilience that belied their age. They're all... Quite old. Yeah. The sense of community among these returnees was palpable. Their shared experiences forging bonds of solidarity that were vital for their survival in such an unforgiving landscape. There's a documentary Mm -hmm. on them, The Babushkas of Chernobyl. And it's, yeah. It starts off with just, they're just recording, like filming this woman saying she's like tying, you know, tackle under a fishing line. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, she's like, she sits down. She's like, I got to sit down and rest before I make the journey down to the river. Sits down, relaxes a little bit. Okay. And just goes and fishes in the river. And it's really, it's really like lots of different emotions. It's really cute and sweet. This community that they have, it's also heartbreaking. But
1: it's just women,
0: right? Yes. None of them have like partners? Some of them, so some of them did have partners. One woman talks about how her husband had died three years before. And she's like, it's the best thing he ever did for me. (laughs) I was like, whoa. (laughs) Um, So some of them talked about partners, but it seems like all of their partners have passed. Yeah. But the documentary ends with this woman... From the beginning, holding up the smallest little fish, yeah, and I don't remember her name, but she's like, "Don't let anyone ever tell you so and so can't fish." Like about herself, oh. very cute. Would they have?
1: I imagine like not have like stores there anymore. Yeah, so like,
0: do they have any access to civilization? So they, have to they go out of the zone. They have like mail. Yeah, They have like mail service. One of the big things in. They don't have hospitals or anything like that. Um, One of the big things that happened in the documentary was the mail service was stopped running for a little bit. And so they couldn't get their pension. And there was just like, when they finally did, there was this woman who was just like, this is like, how am I supposed to ever get food or anything without this? They just, you know, like cut contact for a little bit. I don't know why the mail service stopped for a little bit, but... Yeah, and then it's like they're without their pension. It would be
1: dangerous for even just a male driver to have that route every day.
0: Yeah, and... I'll finish this. Let me finish this paragraph and then I have some more stories of yeah. them. So, the saga of the Babushkas of Chernobyl serves as a profound testament to the resilience of the human spirit and the innate capacity of individuals to adapt and find meaning amidst catastrophe. Their unwavering return to and sustenance within the exclusion zone not only highlights an extraordinary level of endurance, but also offers insights into the profound connections that bind humans to their ancestral lands. This resilience transcends mere survival encapsulating a deeper narrative of identity belonging and the relentless pursuit of normalcy in the face of life altering adversity yeah so i made a list of some of the women <laughs> I, de- I don't have their names on this list but just kind of the images that this yeah. documentary Did shows say how many of them there are so in at some point there was 1600 Wow, that's a lot more people nice. that returned. Yeah. This group in particular, I think, is much smaller. Mm-hmm. A few dozen, maybe. So there's the woman who fishes every day. I already mentioned her. There is a woman who uh, has a disabled sister. Mm-hmm. And so she's always bringing back food to help her sister, compl- like her only medical care. Uh huh. There was, there was a, a really sad, this woman, the documentary people walk into her room. And she had fallen. Oh, and she was in bed. She had like been put back in bed, but she was like, "I'm fall. I fell, and it's really, really bad." And they ended up having to take her out of the exclusion zone to the hospital, where she yeah. ended up passing. Uh-oh. Her remains, they, they smuggled them back into the exclusion zone to love. bury her there I in love the land. Smuggling. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, the woman who said the best thing her husband ever did for her was die. Hilarious. He was probably a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, she said he was. And there's this scene where it's it's very like normal life. There is this scene where a few of them had gathered for Easter and they're just downing vodka. <laughs> Which is so funny, and then one has like like a some kind of two garden tools, and she yeah. starts stomping and clanging them together, and they all just start singing. Oh, and just like having this little so party, awesome. drinking vodka at like 10 a.m. on Easter, like oh. just I don't know the just the kind of sense of like community with them. Yeah, of them going through this together, and you can tell that they just care, you know, so much. About their homeland, I think that's um, something that, like, a lot of white Western people don't necessarily understand. Because it it's not, I mean, a lot of people are like, America, raw, yeah, eagle. Yeah. But, like, there's something for these other cultures that have been in these locations for hundreds of, hundreds of years. Not just, you know, America's young. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the indigenous folks, that's different. That is a profound connection to land. But like, for me, I'm like, I like, you know, Texas, I like Oklahoma. There's not like this ancestral connection yeah. to either of these places. For them, it's very much like my grandma, my great grandma, great, great, great grandma, yeah. and on and on and on didn't just grow up in this general, you know, country, it's like that, but house. that area, that house. And I didn't necessarily have any specific questions, but We've been talking a lot about community, especially with like your gals. Mm -hmm. And I think the, it just made me think a lot about like, I feel so much more resilient and so much more able to face adversity with this community. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It's just really, I mean, it's sad. It's heartbreaking, especially when they didn't get their pensions, you know, some of them, it did seem like many of them were sick. Uh-huh. It was just age, other than the one who fell, um, and then one of them was disabled. That was before. I also think it's like, inspiring
1: to like, especially at their age, to know like a lot of the long like the effects of the radiation at mm-hmm. this point would be like long term over your lifetime exposure. Yeah. And for them to just be like, We're not gonna live in fear. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a little delusional, but like yeah. kind of cool. To know that, like, they're already old. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the real risk that you might die a little before? Yeah. You know, it's kind of, like, a cool thing for them to just be, like...
0: And are you going to die with your community in your home? Right. Or are you going to live longer further away with this constant, like, feeling of, like, loss and longing? Right. That... Could be, I mean, if they're willing to move back, obviously that feeling of loss and that severed connection to their home was really, really intense and painful, and probably nearly unbearable to live with that yeah. kind of pain to the point where radiation is a better option. Yeah, they're happier there than they would be elsewhere.
1: Yeah, and I think it's like telling that obviously there, I'm sure there were lots of people, mm-hmm. different types of people that moved back for different reasons, but. I think it's like the life you could build in a new place Mm -hmm. would probably be more enriched by having family, having kids, having a partner, Mm -hmm. having parents near you or something. And I think that they're older women who are alone Mm -hmm. really shows the importance of having that community and that like being displaced from that community would make them say like, I will risk radiation exposure and this yeah. thing that killed so many people before like giving this up because mm-hmm. they might not have like kids where they yeah. were displaced to or they might not mm-hmm. have family or friends t- to be
0: Yeah, around. none of them. I mean, I think maybe a couple mentioned having kids, but most of them, it seems like they're pretty, there aren't many familial connections. Yeah. Like these friendships yeah. that they have there seem to be the the prime mm-hmm. relationship yeah. in their in their life.
1: Yeah. And even just being able to afford, like they were probably displaced to more of like a city. Yeah. Like even just being able to afford that on their pension mm-hmm. or all be able to live close together. Yeah, Like I can see how it'd be
0: like, this is kind of irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. It was really sweet. Definitely. Re- I recommend the documentary. I did realize that, um, it's not like there's no voiceover. So it is when you have to like Pay attention. Yeah. Because I was going to have it on in the background while I was doing art, but it's, like, mostly not English. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely one you have to, like, fully kind of sit down to be intentional and watch. But definitely recommend. Um, I think they did a really good job. It's older than I thought. I think it's, like, 2015. So I don't know. I wasn't able to really find many updates. I'm sure some of them have passed since, (sighs) if not most of them, from that group specifically.
1: Yeah, I also, like... I think it's cool learning about any group of people that like doesn't have access to modern medical care like mm-hmm. ambulances or but especially when you're at kind of a fragile point in mm-hmm. life where you would need more medical assistance. Mm-hmm. And being able to, like, rely on each other.
0: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And it is interesting. I mean... Just eating radioactive fish. Right. No big deal. (laughs) I mean, everything there is radioactive. Yeah.
1: Anything, because it's, like, the air, the rain, the soil, the rivers. Everything is radioactive.
0: It was interesting. And I couldn't quite pin down why this may be the case. But it is interesting that it is women. Yeah. And... Granted, many of them who had partners, their partners passed. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like all of them had partners, and that doesn't mean that other men wouldn't be joining them. Yeah, so it is like interesting that the majority of these people who return are women. Yeah, and I couldn't. I'm like, why? I don't know if it's just a deeper connection in general to home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I feel like usually I can kind of pinpoint maybe like, you know, what culturally makes something like that the case, but.
1: Yeah. That they might be more attached to their home mm-hmm. or maybe they wouldn't have as much opportunity to like work. hmm
0: Yeah. That could be part of it. In a
1: new place. Like if they mm-hmm. hadn't paid off their house or something, maybe they wouldn't have as many job opportunities as a man yeah. of a similar age who might've had more work experience. Mm-hmm also crazy that they survived the initial that they're even this old to begin with yeah yeah a lot of people in that zone at least developed sickness from the radiation later
0: yeah and that means that when it happened i mean based on the rough age of these people they would have been maybe around our age when it happened how old are they now i'm not sure but based on just kind of viewing them like sixties-ish. I think some of them are seventies and into eighties, maybe.
1: Because this happened in the 80s, right? Uh-huh. So it would have been 40 years ago. It would have been like
0: 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah, man. And radiate oh, radiation is just so scary. <laughs> I was listening to a the last podcast on the left did a podcast series or a series on um the Manhattan Project. And they were exclusive. <clears throat> some of the like skin sloughing, yeah, yeah, you know, that happens. It's just one of those things where I'm like, how is there even anything that exists that can do something like that? You know, like yeah, that it, there's just this cellular breakdown.
1: Have you read about, because I had a client a couple of years ago that I wrote a lot of content for them about renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I learned that I hadn't known before is that like nuclear energy now there is one of the safest mm-hmm. Um, like renewable energy sources It's one of the best yeah. renewable energy sources We could use mm-hmm. It's the most powerful It's the safest I think it's like the most cost effective Yeah And But there's been several large scale disasters Related to nuclear energy yeah, And the risk very... now of something like this happening Is like almost none At yeah. like a newer nuclear mm-hmm. plant It's like very minimal risk No more than any other power yeah. source Um, Because there's so many safeguards, yeah. But because several natural or several disasters have happened at nuclear plants that have Mm -hmm. caused such significant um, aftermath, it has like a really bad, bad public image more than anything else. So it's hard to get um, governments specifically Mm -hmm. to buy into nuclear energy because not because they think it's not safe because people who understand how it works can see the checks and ba- like the PR checks and balances, issue. their safety. Um, it's like a PR issue where mm-hmm. people don't want their energy coming from nuclear plants and people don't want to live near nuclear plants mm-hmm. and they don't want more nuclear plants being built. Yeah. And it's because of stuff like yeah. this.
0: I was n- not like one way or the other, really, as far as energy, you know, just what you know. Just sustainable. We need better. We need greener energy. And um, it was Bill Nye, the science guy, Mm -hmm. has or had another show where he brought in scientists with differing opinions and had them discuss. And one was, I remember, the only one I really remember was... um, on energy. And so it was very much like, you know, someone is very anti-nuclear. This other person is. And yeah. that whole panel, I was just at the end of it like, nuclear is wow. the way to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think a huge part, if I recall correctly, and this was years ago, but if I recall correctly, it's like wind and solar have to be rebuilt. Like they don't last that long. Yeah. And the materials that you need in order to buy when huge wind turbines mm-hmm. or solar farms, Mm -hmm. those materials are not sustainable. Yeah, So building them at scale becomes problematic Mm -hmm. where nuclear plants, it's like self-sustaining. It doesn't need to be rebuilt. It would be more long lasting because it's chemical. And more power, I think in a smaller like, you know, square it's footage much more power mm-hmm. that's a huge problem with like wind yeah transferring energy from wind plants because mm-hmm. wind farms are so far yeah. from cities mm-hmm. because they have to be in these big open fields mm-hmm. so that's why we have these high power high voltage power lines mm-hmm. which are also dangerous yeah. and you still lose energy as yeah. as it's transported so you're kind of like losing money mm-hmm essentially. Yeah. And so it's all this money to build it. It's all these materials to build it. Think about how huge those turbines are and how many of them you have to build. Yeah. And then you lose all this power as it's being transported, Mm -hmm. plus you need the materials to build high voltage power lines, which is a lot of money. It's a lot of material. A lot of upkeep. And so I think nuclear energy from the perspective of like how much energy is produced, where you can build it, um, how often you would have to like, like the maintenance to keep a plant up. It's like the most sustainable Mm -hmm. and it is safe now Mm -hmm. where like they've done a ton of development around like Mm -hmm. any kind of natural disaster that it would shut itself off. So one of the issues with Chernobyl is that there was a lot of human error that led to it. Like a lot of bad judgment calls Mm -hmm. where now nuclear plants for from what I had read, were like built to be like kind of they have like self lots of yeah shut off. Where mm-hmm. like if there's water in the facility, it it powers itself down in a mm-hmm. safe way. If there's fire, it powers itself down in a safe way. It has yeah. all these
0: checks and balances for built into the yeah. System. So there's no like single point of failure. Where
1: if it like reaches a certain temperature, if there's a certain level of like water or whatever, mm-hmm. that it would shut down in a way that wouldn't.
0: And I'm sure it's very proactive. It's like this may not even be dangerous, but we're going to yes. shut off anyway, right? So and it that doesn't rely on human, yeah, human
1: judgment as mm-hmm. much. I think as it as they used to, yeah. And there's much safer ways to power them down now, mm-hmm. where it would power down without causing any sort of like chemical reaction, like Chernobyl yeah. did which is why it was dangerous. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like the plant itself. It was that it caused this chemical reaction. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it was really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just like a lag in an education piece around nuclear energy. But I feel like- Well,
0: I'm I'm sure so much lobbying and
1: from all the other energy companies. Especially because there was recently, it's like this is now becoming old enough where like people our age weren't alive. Mm Mm-hmm and don't remember it happening. But then there was also a nuclear power plant that it was smaller scale, but there was like a tsunami that caused it to shut off within our lifetime. I can't remember Mm -hmm. where it was. Mm -mm.
0: Let me look. Yeah, Fukushima.
1: Yeah. And, like, that was fairly significant.
0: Yeah, I feel like I remember that a little bit.
1: But from what I read, like, that was not, like, an updated plant. Like, Mm -mm. now there's technology. It's just Mm -hmm. the – so now the issue is investment. Who's going to invest in updating plants or building them with this new technology? Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyways, there's the little –
0: yeah. Sci- this is women in STEM. Women in STEM. There's a the little science of the day. I
1: That was one of the most interesting things I learned in content mm-hmm. writing in in a while because I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, And that it is like a public perception and, and like financing issue more yeah. than anything. And that it would be potentially better. Yeah. But then, you know, sometimes then I think about like, okay, then we just install these nuclear plants and then what if they're wrong? Yeah. And then the world just combusts
0: <laughs> we deserve it
1: you know yeah we deserve it <laughs> i don't deserve it i'm just a girl <sighs> okay well i can't loan it to you but i do have voices of chernobyl mm-hmm. is it? it's first person accounts of people who were in i think in that city you mentioned
0: pripyat Pripyat. Yeah,
1: where they were really close by. Mm -hmm. And it's like a variety of first-person accounts of people who survived
0: and also people who ended up dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even just looking up whatever that I think the book was or whatever show I watched talking about the city that was almost like utopian. I just looked up a picture of Pripyat and I think it's the same place. I just didn't remember the name.
1: I think that was where that HBO series like Mm -hmm. focused too because it's – it was a small city. like Yeah, but rise I mean, there's like, stuff. yeah, high-rise, yeah. But it was built... I think the high-rise apartments were built more as like a... Because of all the workers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this is from because I do I have like... A a small interest in Chernobyl, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I read somewhere that because we understand radiation a little more now, partly from things like this, that at the time it was like not understood. Like, if you were to medically treat someone who had radiation poisoning, if they transported these people to hospitals, then are they exposing everyone? Yeah. And if your partner is dying from radiation poisoning, can you go and visit them? Mm -hmm. And there was all this fear around like these people or like kids. Yeah. Which is terrible to think about. Like, babies right. also mm-hmm. had radiation poisoning. Yeah. And their skin is falling off and they're in this yeah. terrible pain, and you're their parent, and you're like, ugh. It's fight. also the worst thing. We can close on this if you would like. Okay. The part that, you know, like, I can handle a lot of skeevy stuff, but what's happening on your outside of your skin, if you've ever seen pictures of it, is mm-hmm. also happening on the mm-hmm. skin of your airway, oh. you're breathing it in. Yeah, it's happening internally too. At least from my limited knowledge, of <laughs>
0: I just googled just radiation poisoning, and it's just help is available. Poison control number. I'm like, oh, I think it's too late. <laughs> I'm <not> googling radiation poisoning. <laughs> well, be Treated, can't you? I yeah. I don't know how like. But successful if successful it's severe, it I don't is. think
1: you have a very good chance. Yeah.
0: Ooh, What did I? What is that? radiation? Doesn't I mean, it's like with it. atoms. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Like, whatever, like, that it was released from those particles. I think, like, energy.
1: Yeah, isn't it something where we're, we're going to sound really dumb now? Isn't it something where, like, it's because there's totally a reason dumb. it's, like, burning you?
0: Pretty sure it's, like, energy being released. It's like a chain reaction, Yeah, isn't it? Radiation is energy that comes from a source and travels through space at the speed of light. So it's just shaking you apart, basically. Oh, wow. The emission of energy as electromagnetic waves or as moving subatomic particles especially high energy particles, which cause ionization. That's the word that I used earlier is the ionization. Is it kind of like having, like if you were exposed to like a giant microwave? Yeah. You just get cooked.
1: Do you ever think about when like, like I microwave my breakfast every morning? You ever think about that? I try not to. Same.
0: It's not my business. And it's like I've been at the X-rays, you know. Like it's like I, you know, an X-ray is way worse than just microwaving my food, and I've had to have some X-rays. So, like, is my coffee? Well, sun. I mean, the sun. The sun is radio radiation. Getting a tan is radiation. Yep. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> we're in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, we got some radiation poisoning this week because it was finally sunny and we sat out in the sun and I got a tiny bit pink. The way that improved my
1: entire outlook on life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, and that's the thing. It's the balance. You know, am I going to be happier having some sunshine and a little bit of pink on my shoulders for my whole life? Or am I, I going like to be sad and depressed and we just might, never... We have babushka energy. We have I babushka think. energy.
1: Yeah, there are risks I'm willing to take. We have Chernobyl babushka yeah. energy energy because yeah, I, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Solar radiation. Wow. I was just fact checking myself just in case I was wildly wrong. Yeah. Cause we don't want to sound yeah. stupid. Well, that's why that girl got a tan. I mean, it literally would tan that's you. That's crazy. First. And, and then, you know, your skin starts falling off. it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, and even just sunburns Do you think about how y- your skin peels off? Yeah. Yeah. It is like a sunburn. Yeah. That's what it looks like.
1: Yeah, that was the part that gets so came much more about your throat. Yeah, because it would be like getting like a more than a third degree burn on the inside yeah. of your entire airway. Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> what that would feel like? I no, actually I don't want to. can't imagine what that would feel Mm-mm. like.
0: No, mm.
1: and like the inside of your mouth would also be that yeah because you're breathing it like your mouth and your nose because you're breathing it in.
0: Super fun and cool. Ooh, mm.
1: your sinuses or like your I imagine the insides ears. of your ears. Your butthole. Your butthole. <laughs> your vagina.
0: Yeah. Ooh, okay, cool. On that note. <laughs> Does clothing help at all to protect you? I don't think, s- not Not in any, not with that kind of radiation. I don't think with any sort Anything of- Anything f- protects you. Yeah. I mean, I think like you might see like a tan line when it was still a tan before your skin starts falling off. Like, I feel like you would see a difference probably, but, but I'm going to fact my- ch- Fact check myself on that too. I wonder also if melanin Mm -hmm.
1: helps at all.
0: Yeah, we're just gonna. This is a big long women in STEM segment.
1: (laughs) Our like smart friends in medicine who took lots of biology classes are gonna just be giggling
0: while they talk about (laughs) Um, this. Clothing does not afford protection against high neutron and gamma fluxes like from an atomic bomb blast, or I'm assuming also something like Chernobyl. It protects against like ultraviolet, infrared. Yeah. Different so, no types protection. of radiation.
1: Well, no. because that's uh, like with the atomic bomb, there's that picture that I wish so badly didn't exist, mm-hmm. but there, those kids' clothes were like completely burned off of them.
0: Yeah. And melanin does provide some protection from radiation. Congratulations <laughs> to well, our yeah, melanin friends. Melanin protects you slightly yeah. from like sun damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It absorbs it's... X-rays more efi- efficiently than more common you melanin very interesting so many
1: new facts today well i love the babushkas yeah Yeah. i don't know if i would like because i don't feel attached to a place i Mm -hmm. don't know if i would move back to a place but i would definitely recreate my community Mm -hmm. somewhere
0: else here's a i didn't upload pictures to to the thing just the babushkas oh they're cute they're so cute They were all singing, I think, in that shot.
1: Well, we do break out into song a lot, but, like, we should sing. Yeah. Okay. Right now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Our closing segment.
0: Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. Let's talk about
1: sex. So we have a new segment.
0: I'm shouting out Lauren. This one is for you.
1: Yeah, Lauren messaged us after the Vibrator episode. Yeah, we
0: my childhood bestie. More often. Yeah, my childhood bestie Lauren. Now we have a new segment. We have Unhinged
1: Unhinged. Yeah. We have... Women in STEM. Women in STEM. There's another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. And now we have Let's Talk About Sex. Yeah. So, yeah, and if there's any other segments, like, these are just, like, fun little mini things that mm-hmm. we do at the end to just kind of, like, lift the mood particularly. Right, after yeah. talking
0: about sloughing skin from radiation. Yeah,
1: after, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the like the stories that we talk about are kind of dark, so yeah. we like to finish on, like, a more mm-hmm. fun note. Um, and, of course, our first Let's Talk About Sex segment is going to be about celibacy Celibacy. (laughs) because that makes sense (laughs) that's very on brand to be honest let's do it and then do the
0: opposite of whatever we just said
1: but we specifically want to talk about intentional celibacy which has been a topic of interest in our friend Mm -hmm. group lately yeah do you want to start Do, do you have thoughts
0: i mean i'm intentionally celibate yeah why is that weird to share with the audience probably not it's only weird if you feel uncomfortable sharing okay. it. No, I don't feel uncomfortable sharing it. Um, I just don't want people to think I'm a loser. But also I think that is part of the problem with like the perception of intentional celibacy is it's people are like, Well, that's lame, you know. I'm like, No, I have a great time by myself. <laughs> yeah. But you said you asked why am I intentionally celibate? Yeah. Well, for me personally, maybe this isn't as light and airy as we kind of hoped, but for me, I have a lot of trauma. Yeah. In that area, I don't care about having kids. I don't care about being in a relationship. So for me, there's not a sense of urgency to get to the point where I'm like enjoying that with another person anytime soon. Like Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like I need that yeah and in general i just don't feel like i need it i'm i'm you know i mean our last the other episode we had was about vibrators it's not like i don't ever experience (laughs) pleasure yeah but i just don't feel the need to have that with someone else like it doesn't like for i don't want people in my house yeah i don't want to go to someone else's house for me there's just so many other things i would rather be doing with my time that bring me more joy than trying to seek this specific thing out. So for me, it's literally just, I like my life better without it. At yeah. least for right now.
1: I have been toying very, very recently mm-hmm. with the idea of intentional celibacy. And for me, that might mean just like intentionally less. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> not that I'm like having a crazy yeah. amount of sex. Because I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm single. There's only so much I can do. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think like... I had, I went through a season of, like, dating a lot very recently, Mm -hmm. and that was really good for me. I feel like I kind of, like, had many realizations through that experience about myself, but now I feel like I am going into this, like, season where I think I'm going to be very busy with work. I also, like, I'm really trying to, like, sort through some things, like, mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. I feel like part of me is, like, I spent 10 years in a relationship where I never really, like, focused fully on myself. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, dating, I don't feel like I'm really, like, focused on those other people. But I do think, like, it's a huge time commitment. Mm -hmm. And, like, for me, I'm not really, like, a sleep with someone I don't know Mm -hmm. type of person. So, like, the amount of time to get to know someone just to, like, maybe have a partner Mm -hmm. is a huge time commitment. Mm -hmm. I also, like, have struggled with, like, setting boundaries with people where it's, like, no, you can't sleep over Like, Mm -hmm. I have a job I have to wake up for in the morning, Yeah, you know, like, or like, just that it's kind of like, it's just a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And it's not that I'm like, oh, I never want to have sex again. It's just like, I don't know if that's like the best use of my focus right now. Anyone who listens to this knows that I struggle with focus, (laughs) period.
0: Period. (laughs) That's the end of the sentence.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like- if I have a lot of things on my plate, I'm struggling to yeah. focus on any of them. Yeah. If I have one thing on my plate, I'm struggling mm-hmm. to focus on that one thing. So I think, like, right now I feel like I probably need to be focusing more on myself. Yeah. More on, like, like I just went through a, a really, really tough period of depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, finally starting to feel better. That has taken a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of energy. We're do both
0: coming up for air normal. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: honestly, I feel like I've been doing my healthy habits, like, pretty mm-hmm. consistently for probably three months. And I'm just starting to feel like, yeah. okay, I'm back. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I just think it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't know. Do I need to be putting energy into, like, these kind of, like, superficial relationships? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And it's something I'm very open to. I'm always, like, kind of, right, I'm flexible. open to changing my mind about it, yeah. but I think at least for the time being, I'm, like, more celibacy curious, mm-hmm. where it's, like, that might be a good move for me right mm-hmm. now, or at least to just not be, like, having that be, like, a focus area for yeah. me. I don't see myself being happy with that, like, long term. But I do think, like, one thing, like, when I was in a relationship for 10 years, I didn't feel like I had the option to, like, step away for a year mm-hmm. and really focus on myself. Yeah. You know, that would be breaking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I really struggled to, like, focus on myself when mm-hmm. I was in a relationship, like, really f- fully focus on myself. And so I think, like, right now I'm feeling like, okay, I really need to, like, put all of my energy on me and, like, my goals for the year and... Like whatever, and mm-hmm. I think that um, dating, while it can be fun, might not be like the highest priority. Especially, this realization came from like I was dating a lot, and like the more I got to know people, I was like, I really don't want a relationship. Yeah. I don't see that fitting into my life. I don't really mm-hmm. like feel happy when I think about that. Mm-hmm. I could see myself being in a relationship later, but like I really don't see myself having a partner right now. So, like, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like that's a lot of time to be putting into something that's just kind of like, yes, not really important to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, exa- I know, it's, I feel similarly about I being gray romantic. I'm not gray sexual or asexual, I don't think. Yeah. But I feel still about sex right now in my life that it's like, yeah, it would be a time suck. Yeah. And I and there'd be, I mean, there'd be so many barriers for me to work through that I'm just like, I don't want to do that right now. Yeah. I don't care about doing that right now, but it is, yeah, the time suck is like the reason I don't date either is because it's like, there's just, for me, so many things I would rather spend my time doing. I want to come home and play my silly little games even. And that sounds silly, but like dating or like a hookup to me feels like a social event you got invited to that you like really would like to cancel on. Yeah. You know, like it's just kind of an inconvenient thing in the middle of your week or your weekend when you're like, God, I'd rather just have this time to clean my house or Mm -hmm. hang out with my friends instead of this person. Like, yeah, I often like
1: I enjoy dating for the most part. Like I often have fun on dates. I don't feel like it's like this huge energy suck, but like I have a pretty like Robust social life. Mm-hmm. So often it's like my one day that I'm not hanging out with friends, then I'm going on a date. Yeah. Or I'm, you know, That's spending a lot. time with it. And then it's like, uh, okay, now I've lost all of my downtime, mm-hmm. all of my alone time, which I already feel like I don't have a lot of mm-hmm. because I don't think I need a lot of it. Yeah. So like I'm a person who might have like one me night a
0: week. And then right. if I'm giving that to someone else, it's like, right. Okay, Sarah. It's like the romantic relationship is like the lowest on the hierarchy of needs. There's yeah. like I think ours are maybe opposite. I think feel like yours is like friend time and then alone time. And yeah. then And mine's alone time and then friend time and then Yeah. It just is
1: Yeah. So you know, I don't point. know. I'm I'm like I'm kind of in the, that opposite? in the middle of thinking about it right now where I'm yeah. like I don't know that I would be like, Oh, I'm hardcore celibate and mm-hmm. I feel like most people
0: who are intentionally celibate feel that way right like if someone came along and I was like wow this is like yeah different this is someone I would want to work through some of my issues with and unless I maybe trust, you're like a sex like, addict okay. like if you're a
1: celibate because you're a sex addict I could see like really like cutting right. yourself off mm-hmm. but like I feel like if it's just like an intentional choice of like your time and your energy it's not like you like can't have sex ever yeah But I think it's just being a little bit more intentional about that area of your life. Mm -hmm. And we've had a couple... I've had a couple of friends. We have one mutual friend who was celibate for like almost a year. (laughs) You know who you are. And he said it was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, That was when we met him. He was celibate. And then I just was talking to one of our other friends. She just has like a busy season of work coming up and was thinking of just like completely taking that off the mm-hmm. table so she could focus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's smart and it is yeah. something like I I feel like we talked about this in the marriage episode, but it's like when you're in a long-term relationship, sometimes I think it can be helpful to be like, I can't think about you for a little while and I just right. think about myself. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like you have that
0: choice when you're And in a like we talked in the vibrator episode, you don't have to like remove pleasure. Yeah. Like you have a little vibe session, like that takes out, that still takes out the time where you would have to like... You know, someone comes over or you go over there, then you have to leave. Then there's always, like, I feel like there's aftercare if you're kind of respecting each other. Like, even if it is just a hookup, like, there's talking, there's the date that got you there. You know, there's just so many other things that lead up to actually having sex with another human being that are eliminated. There's rubbing your head for an hour afterwards. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I feel like a lot of people see celibacy as, like, this means that I won't experience any sort of pleasure. And it's like, no, you still... Can yeah, absolutely. I have no intention
1: of locking my vibrator. Down. No, <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Yeah. So that is uh, something I have been thinking about. Yeah, and I am curious, like how many? I feel like there's more single people our age. Mm-hmm and i feel like the single people i know like they're not having sex all the time Mm-mm. and they're not no. like super bummed out about it
0: yeah i mean especially and i mean when i was early 20s i feel like most of my single friends were at least you know, semi-regularly because it was just that age also was just like, and that culture. I mean, I went to grad school right after college and so it was still a college atmosphere. Right. And the people I knew, we were going out, you know, all this kind of stuff. That was just the phase of life we were in. But I do feel like late 20s into 30s, it's just a time where it's like, okay, where are my priorities? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, like I feel right now, like I have less time,
0: Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. And I just, I feel like I... We've talked about this a few times. Like, I feel like I have opportunities in front of me that are, like, bigger and better than what I ever thought I would have. Yeah. And so it's, like, I don't see these coming again, Mm -hmm. you know, like, work-wise. Yeah. It's, like... Could be a year that shapes a lot of the rest. Yeah. Like, I I feel like it's, like, I can table dating. Yeah. Yeah especially casually dating I can Mm -hmm. table for a while like especially if it's like I don't really have an intention of like getting in a serious relationship with anyone Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah I can back burner that while I focus on my career while I focus on my friends Mm -hmm. and ultimately I think I'll be happier in the long run from that and I might have like a treat yourself mentality Mm -hmm. where every now and again I can treat myself yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that is like so special and fun for me Yeah.
0: Anyways. And that was, let's talk about sex, baby. I can hear your baby barking. I know. She's losing it.
1: Oh, and I would love for you guys to write in about your celibacy.
0: Yeah. You
1: can be anonymous
0: if you want. Also, fun, you know, vibrator stories. (laughs) It can be old episodes that you can send us stuff about. The one really with fun thing permission. about hearing from people is, like, it kind
1: of helps us understand, like, what... Like, yes, we're talking to each other one-on-one, but, like, mm-hmm. this is a conversation with everyone who listens to the podcast. Right. And it's cool to know, like, what everyone is interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, getting that text from Lauren was great because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, people really liked that episode yeah i feel like a lot more people listen
1: to that episode yeah too. Mm-hmm. like i've heard from a lot of people who listen and it was two yeah. hours long yeah a lot of people listen to it in one sitting so i was yeah. like oh okay yeah like, you guys that. are freaks
0: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you for that <laughs> good our little mad women <laughs> <laughs> a little freaky deaky yeah and mad women is gender neutral yeah in this obviously. in this specific setting everything is gender neutral
1: yeah where to find us Instagram and TikTok at madwomanintheattic.pod our website is madwomanintheattic.com and our Patreon is patreon.com slash Pod.
0: yes that's the- nice that was the cleanest one you've done yes and please um, share our podcast please tell your friends we would love to continue growing this community yeah and also join our Patreon yeah join our Patreon for six little dollars or three little dollars yeah Make sure you send the vibrator
1: episode to your mom. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ho, 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 ho,
1: ho. Bye. bye love, love y'all. y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ma, ma, ma. Good. Nice. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.
1: do you want a beer? I brought one. Oh. Yeah. Even though I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I wish we were recording when I said that. I was. My nose is running. I can tell. I'm going to be editing out your sniffles. You can leave my sniffles in. Who doesn't want to listen to me suck (laughs) snot? That's going to be in
0: the bloopers.
1: (laughs) The number of bloopers of me just burping. Yeah. Honestly, probably why my husband didn't love me anymore. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But your wife does. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah.